Sacred Space. So welcome back again to second part of Sacred Space. My name is John Keeley. And as promised, uh, we've got Father John Muckler from Newcastle West to join us uh, this morning. So Father John is going to share uh, with us um, all about Padre Pio and also about an upcoming tridium that's about to take place shortly in Newcastle West. So welcome back to our Come and See studio here in Adder, Father John. How are you? Good, John. Thanks. Good to be here again. Thanks a lot for coming back. And we'll, we'll try not to have you um, so much apart next time. We'll, we'll try and, I think it was about last year or sometime it was. But it's yeah, hard, it was here a year ago. It's hard to get you. But anyway, we'll, we'll, we'll try and keep up with you. Okay, Father, thank you indeed for joining us again this morning. Um, Padre Pio. Tell us a bit about Padre Pio, who he was, and because people out there mightn't have... Yes. Uh, Padre Pio was born Francis Forgione, a little boy in the south of Italy to poor parents who only had a few sheep. So his father emigrated to America to make enough money to put little Francis through school. Mm-hmm. From a young age, Francis had expressed his desire to become a priest. That began when a Capuchin priest came visiting Francis didn't know he was Capuchin, but he just stood looking at this priest with the beard who came begging. And Francis's mother gave the priest what he what she had. After the priest left, Francis said to his mother, I want to be a priest with a beard. Mm-hmm. Like that. Yeah. Pointing to this Capuchin priest who yeah. was going away. Yeah. He was a regular, so his mother knew him. Okay. Uh, his mother's mother answered, yeah, yeah, it's very nice. You know, the way parents would uh, at that yeah. age brush it off because he was very young. Yeah. Uh, then wh- when he was growing older and he was still persisting with, with this idea and said it to his father that he wanted to go and become a priest, The mother and father said, okay, you know, you could go to, and they named the place Mm -hmm. where they knew they would have easy access to him. Okay. They didn't want him going away where they would lose contact with him. Yeah. But he was adamant. He said, no, I'm not joining them. I'm going to be a monk with a beard. He was determined. He was, because he still had the image of this old man who came begging in his mind. Mm -hmm. And that's who he became. He became a Capuchin monk. Uh, but from a very early age, his life was unique. Mm-hmm. He saw his guardian angel constantly from childhood, but took it as being so natural that he never even spoke about it. He thought everybody had this experience. Wow. And it was only years later when he mentioned it, Mm. actually he was in uh, formation Mm. at the time, and it was only then when he was quizzed, well, how come you never said anything on this before? Yes. And he said, well, I just took it so naturally. I referred to him as my childhood friend. He used to play games with me. And they said, but did you see him like you see see us? Yeah, I used to see him the same as you see any other boy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And of course they were amazed and it was was only at that point he realised 
that nobody else had this privilege. Mm -hmm. So that was just one of the experiences from childhood. There was others. Um, at five years of age, when he was going through the field to mind the sheep, he heard the voices coming from the trees. Uh, oh, look at the holy boy. Look at the holy boy. But they were not friendly voices. No. They were the enemy. So uh, just another one of the experiences that he had. Now, sorry, did you say this happened when he was four or five? Five years of age. He must have been frightened to have that experience. Well, he never spoke about that. Okay. Uh, he just said yeah, in later yes. years mm -hmm. that he had this experience. He, had experience yeah. he didn't say it frightened him. Okay. Uh, mm. He was always a happy boy, but mm. very dedicated mm. to the prayers. Um, very dedicated to his work, mm. loved studying his books. Mm. Uh, in the beginning, they sent him to a teacher. Now, school was not like school as we know it. Yes, yeah. School was the parents would find a teacher who could teach him. Okay. Mm. And okay. the teacher, private, mm. privately. So the teacher that they sent him to, did his best to teach him, mm -hmm. but complained to the parents and said, this boy is so thick, I cannot teach him anything. Mm -hmm. He is not a good student. Yeah, yeah. So his mother gave out to him at home. Your father went to America to make money to get you an education. And how come you cannot learn the lessons? Yes, the teacher yeah. said you're no good. Oh dear. Yeah. And... Francis spoke up and he said, how can I learn anything from somebody who's living in grave sin? Wow. The mother was just gobsmacked. Exactly. Stuck to the floor. Mm -hmm. So she wrote the letter to her dad, to the husband, mm -hmm. who was in America, and told the story of what the teacher had said and what little Francis replied to her. The father wrote back and replied straight away, change him from that teacher. Change him and get another teacher, which she did. Obviously, he had the light of the Holy Spirit directing him to do this because mm -hmm. the natural thing would have been for him to take the part of the wife mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and maybe give out to the child. But no, he mm -hmm. said straight away, change him. So they changed him to another teacher who said Francis was the brightest that ever came to him. No. Uh. So he started learning from that point onwards. And he used to carry his books and his lessons into the fields to, while he was the mining the sheep. But he would study and pray. Now, this is still at a very young age. Mm -hmm. And a primary school age, like up to 12 years of age. Mm -hmm. His neighbours, who were minding their sheep, used to play together and they wanted him to play with them so when one of them said Francie that's what mm -hmm. they used to call him Francie why don't why, this lady now related this as an old lady uh, she asked him Francie come and play with us mm. you can drive your sheep in here to my field with my sheep mm. and we can play a game together and that way we'll be able to keep an eye on the sheep he kept his head down. He would never look at the girls. 
even from a young age. Mm-hmm. And with the head down, looking at the ground, he just said, no, you have your field, I have mine. <laughs> Mm. and that was it Mm. into his field he he went because he wanted to study his lessons pray and mind his sheep so uh, this was the way he grew up Mm. went to seminary began his formation when they take the heaven the the vows then they change the name okay so he was not known or referred to as Francis anymore he was called Padre Pio. Now, he took the name Pio because of the Pope. He loved the Pope. Okay. Um, Pope Pius. So, like Padre just means father. Father. Mm. In Italian, is father. So, Padre Pio in English literally means Father Pius. Okay, okay. Because yes. of the Pope. Yeah. Mm. So, he became known as Padre Pio and... Uh, he got the wounds of Christ. He is the first priest of the Catholic Church to have got what we call the stigmata, the wounds of Christ in the two hands, the two feet and the side, which he didn't want. He prayed all he could, asking God to remove the exterior signs. Mm. He said he didn't mind having the pain and the suffering that the Lord could leave him with that Mm -hmm. because he was offering it for the benefit of others. Mm -hmm. But he just wanted the exterior signs to be removed so that nobody would know he had it. It it was the only prayer that he ever made in his whole life that was not answered. Wow. Because Jesus Mm -hmm. could not answer that Mm -hmm. prayer. Mm the whole point of Jesus having given him the wounds were to make him a visible sign in a disbelieving world of the love of Jesus. That the Son of God did come, that he was sent by the Father, that he lived, was crucified, rose from the dead, but rose from the dead taking his body with him that had been crucified. Mm So he rose with the wounds. The world more and more was losing faith and belief in this. So God decided to give a visible sign to make it easier for people to believe in the Mass, in the Eucharist, in the power of confession and in the need for it. Padre Pio with the wounds uh, is the sign. Now, two things are combined here in the life of Padre Pio. Priesthood and victimhood. In his case, perfect priesthood. Mm. uh, United with the victimhood, which is the sufferings of Christ taken on in an extraordinary way at a level that nobody else has ever had because it wasn't God's plan to give it to anybody else. Mm. Yes, all the saints suffered. We've had great martyrs. But Jesus, God, created Padre Pio for this specific mission to be the visible sign of the wounds of Christ. Victimhood, suffering, lived at an intensity 
that was not lived by anybody else but as a priest the priesthood of Christ so he is one of our great intercessors Padre Pio obviously has something to say to people today he has a lot to say to young and old if you were here and were asked who are you because he was asked this when he was alive and on one occasion he said I am a mystery I'm a mystery to myself because he couldn't understand everything that God was doing in him and through him mm-hmm. uh, he had more gifts like he wasn't just the wounds but it would take too long to go into all the gifts mm-hmm. and the extraordinary graces that he had which were a way above his understanding yeah okay uh, yeah. you must uh, keep in mind that when God uses somebody like him mm-hmm. God is not obliged to operate only to the level of the person's understanding. So he was operating in Pio at a level that was a way beyond what is possible for the human mind to understand. So even though Pio couldn't understand what was happening in his life, he could see that the divine was working in him in a most unique way. So his answer was, who am I? I am a mystery. I'm a mystery to myself. Other times then he used to say, I'm just a poor, humble friar who prays. And this is the first message that he has to say to everybody today. The power of prayer. Without prayer, we cannot unite with God. Everybody needs God. Not everybody is aware of this. People go through life or live life for many years without reflecting seriously on the need for God. But Padre Pio teaches us and tells, yes, you do need God. Everybody in the world needs God. Why? Because we cannot live the life that we're supposed to live, that we're called to live, that God wants us to live. We cannot do the things that God has in store for us to do. You know, before everybody is born, God already has the plan for them. And in that Mm. plan, he has good works for us to do. We need God in us to be able to do those good works. So Padre Pio, the first thing he teaches is you need God to be able to fulfill the plan that he has for you. Mm -hmm. You cannot do it at a human level with just mere human abilities. The second thing he says is to have God As a Catholic, you have to have the sacraments. You need to be a living member of the church. You need to go to Mass. You need to receive Holy Communion in the state of grace. Hence the need for confession regularly. 
as well as keeping the Ten Commandments. Uh, Padre Pio's life was a living catechesis, you could say. When we say live in the state of grace, receive Holy Communion in the state of grace, that means preserving within us the divine life that God has given us through baptism, but doing it through living the Ten Commandments. The Ten Commandments have to be observed, kept, to preserve the divine life within us. In other words, to keep the soul alive with the life of the Blessed Trinity that we receive in baptism. Padre Pio taught this and was really adamant. I'll give you one example. A barber came to him in confession. Lots of people know already about how Padre Pio used to chase people away from confession. Mm-hmm. But not as often as people think. Because again, this is distorted. And people have got the image that he was a sour, grumpy old man. Mm-hmm. He wasn't. But uh, he did chase people from confession. And one of these was a barber. By the way, any time Padre Pio chased somebody from the confession, uh, and the amount of times he did this now in 50 years, you could count. Mm -hmm. But because of who he was, each time he did it, it was such a big deal and it spread everywhere. It made it look like he was doing it every second one. But anyway... That's not the case. But one of these that he chased away was the barber. The barber refused to go. He was kneeling down. And the superior of the institute that I belonged to, who was there, is one of the longest living eyewitnesses of Padre Pio at this stage, Father Peter. He was there and he he saw the barber kneeling down but he couldn't hear anything that was going on. And the next thing he heard the shout, either you go or I go. (laughs) And this was Padre Pio shouting. So at this stage, the barber was so distressed and he was still kneeling down. No, no, I'm not going. So Padre Pio stood up and walked out of the box. And he just did this as he was walking away, drawing Peter's attention. Mm. So when Father Peter looked at him, Padre Pio nodded the head and you know the way you turn the eyes sideways Mm -hmm. like you'd be indicating somebody, pointing out somebody to you. Mm -hmm. So he just did that with the eyes and Father Peter knew the hint was go and look after this man. Mm -hmm. So the barber at this stage was so distressed he started crying. Now he was grown up adult. Mm -hmm. So he was so weak he was hardly able to walk away. And Father Peter caught him by the hand and said, come on, uh, I'll accompany you and we'll talk it out. What's wrong? Padre Pio chased me away. He refused to give me absolution. He told me to go and I said I won't. And he said, well, if you stay, you have to change your ways. So, and I said, but I can't change my ways. I have to open my barber shop on Sunday morning. And Father Peter said to him, so this is the problem. You don't go to Mass. Yes, 
I told him, he asked me, do I go to Sunday Mass? The bar, and I told him, no, I can't. I have to open the barber shop on a Sunday morning because that's when everybody comes to me. They're busy all the week and there's no one there. So I have to cut their hair Sunday morning and it clashes with Mass time so I can't go. And Padre Pio said to him, you have to make every effort to get Sunday Mass. But I can't. Padre Pio said to him, is there anything at all you can do? Is there anything that you're prepared to do? No, because there is just nothing I can do. And I won't be going to Sunday Mass. So Padre Pio said, well then I can't give you absolution. Because by you missing Sunday Mass, you are living in grave sin. You break the third commandment. To receive forgiveness of it, you have to repent, which means you have to change that way of life. No, no, he said, I cannot change that way and I won't because I lose my livelihood. So Padre Pio said, well, fine, that's it, you have to go. Nothing I can do. Well, I won't go. And it was then the shout came. Either you go or I go. So Father Peter sat the barber down and explained to him further on the importance of Mass and the importance of living in the state of grace. So eventually he got the barber to agree to come and open the barber shop earlier and tell, make a list like a, a time slot like they do here at the hairdressers and they book in people for a certain time so he said when you have them uh, beforehand or you know who you're going to have give them a time to come St- open the shop earlier but when it comes near mass time close the shop put a sign up that you'll be back after mass and continue with it yes it'll mean getting up an hour and a half or two hour, hours earlier on a Sunday morning. But you can get the Sunday Mass if you do it like this. And uh, that way you won't lose any of the customers either. So the barber agreed. He said, yes, okay, I will do that. So Father Peter went back to Padre Pio and said, right, now he has changed. Very good. And mm. Padre Pio said, fine. Went back into the confession box. The barber came back and Padre Pio just smiled at him and gave him the absolution asked him so you're you're going to go to sunday mass he said yes i will every sunday yes every sunday and every holy day of obligation which you know is the same as a sunday yes he said i understand father peter explained it to me i'll do that too so padre pio gave him the absolution and then said to him i had to act as i did because i was instructed from above to do so mm. Because it was the only way to shake you up, to get you to see that you were putting God in a position of not being able to be merciful towards you. So that is Padre Pio, the instrument of mercy. And that's what he says to us today. Come to God. Don't delay. Come back now. And for those who are faithful, stay striving with your best effort. 
What a wonderful reflection and teaching. Thank you so much for that, Father. I know we can go on for hours about this, but we don't have any time. But it might lead us nicely into introducing the tritium that's coming up shortly. Maybe there's a few barbers out there who might need to change their ways. <laughs> yeah, we'd have a special welcome for barbers. Maybe. So can and every profession, Padre Pio had time for everybody. Right. Uh, so the so tritium starts on the 20... No, his feast is on the 23rd of September. Okay. But that falls on a Saturday this year. So Saturday is already a full day for us with Masses, Confessions, Baptisms, everything. So I'm doing the Tridium, the three days leading up to that. Wednesday the 20th, Mm -hmm. Thursday the 21st of September and Friday the 22nd. So 20th to the 22nd, 7 p.m. to 9 p.m. Uh, just like we did last year, the crowds came because Padre Pio has big devotion, huge followers, and that's because this have, many have experienced the power of Padre Pio, the graces, the way he works in people's lives. It was a great success last year because it was three great nights of prayer. Mm-hmm. And so I'm running it again to give people the opportunity of growing in grace, of allowing Padre Pio to do wonders in their lives, which I've no doubt he will. Mm-hmm. Uh, three nights of devotion like this, with a, a great crowd gathered, brings the most wonderful graces, because we gather as a believing community. Mm-hmm. We represent the Universal Catholic Church, the Church of Christ. So literally we gather as the body of Christ. We do it in union with Padre Pio and through his intercession. Yes, for the graces, for the miracles even, if they are necessary, but above all, to unite with God as our Saviour, the one who guides our lives to grow in holiness so that in the end, this will be another good work going with us to the next life. And Padre Pio will be there alive and he will do wonders. There's no need for me to tell people that at this stage so many have seen this and they, and they know Padre Pio is the miracle worker given to the world by God for these times. Father, thank you so much for that. So Wednesday week, the 20th of September, 20, that's 20, 20th, 21st, 22nd, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, 7pm to 9pm. Father, time to go for a break. A little bit of music you'd like us to play? Yes, uh, I'd like to play a song by Kitty Wells. And when I heard her singing this, uh, it made me think. There are many people who would like to go to confession, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. who are inspired by the Holy Spirit and the importance of it, but are afraid because they think, well, I've been away too long or I've done too much. I will go, but not now. Well, if you listen to this song of Kitty Wells, it has great meaning. It's a religious song and she says, no time like the present. Okay. Let's hear this. Thanks, Father. If you're tired 
of the life that you're living then why don't you change it now for no one knows what tomorrow holds there's no greater time than now there's no greater time than now there's no greater time than now don't So come while the choir is singing Oh come while time still allows Oh come and be saved before you go Sacred Space.